Welcome to this episode of Free Circle Freedoms. I'm Ed Waters, and of course we're diving right back into Visualized American Government, a 1964 edition. In this episode, we're going to take a look at the basic defects of the Articles of Confederation. We're going to take a look at the weakness of the Congress and growing disrespect for the Congress of the Confederation. So, with that being said, let's dive into Free Circle Freedoms. Basic Defects of the Articles Thus there was laid down the basic principle of division of sovereignty. But with the scales weighted in favor of the states, certain powers were vested in the Central Congress. All others were reserved to the states in their separate capacities. To Congress were allotted powers which were clearly of a general character, the right to maintain an army and navy, to receive ambassadors, to enter into treaties and alliances, to regulate Indian affairs, to coin money, to fix standards of weight and measures, and to establish a post office. But the states could not bring themselves to confer upon Congress two essential powers, the right to tax and authority to regulate foreign and interstate commerce. This omission, which was deliberate, proved to be the flaw which caused the entire plan to fall to the ground. Yet, what other course of action could have been expected from communities which had rebelled rather than submit to taxes and commercial regulation imposed by an outside authority. Realizing that money was needed to operate any kind of central government, no matter how weak the far framers of the article provided that Congress might raise funds by loans and by requisition upon the state in proportion to the assessed valuation of their real estate. But Congress was given no means of compelling payment of these requisitions. There were other serious defects in the structure of the central government under the Articles, which may be attributed to the experience of the colonies under British rule. The Americans had blamed George III and his ministers for their troubles. Therefore, they would not establish a separate executive department, nor even permit Congress to vest any executive authority in any one individual. The articles provided that. In the intervals when Congress was not in session, affairs were to be managed by a committee of Congress consisting of one delegate from each state. Americans had been resentful of the right of the British Crown to review colonial judicial decisions, 
Therefore, they would not create a national judiciary for fear that such a body might infringe upon the jurisdiction of the courts of the states. Weakness of the Congress The sole agency of government provided for by the Articles, the Congress of the Confederation, was the origin of the League of the States rather than the legislature of a united nation. Each state was entitled to the same number of delegates, not less than two, nor more than seven. These delegates resembled diplomatic agents or ambassadors. They were appointed by the states, paid out of the state funds, and subject to recall at any time by state authorities. Each state delegation had one vote in the Congress. This meant that little Rhode Island had the same voice in the affairs of the Confederation as Virginia, although the population of the former was only one-tenth as great in nearly all important matters of legislation, the assent of nine states was required. No amendment to the Articles could be adopted unless approved by the legislators of all the states. This unfortunate provision condemned the United States to exist under a legal straitjacket. A single, obstinate state had the power to block any alteration in the fundamental law, even if the other twelve favored the change. Growing Disrespect for the Congress of the Confederation Clearly, the states had set up a government whose principal authority consisted in framing recommendations. Congress could make requisitions the states paid or not, as they pleased. Congress could pass laws. The states could choose to ignore them. Congress could maintain an army, providing it was able to find the money to pay its soldiers and equip them. Since Congress acted through the states, rather upon individuals directly, the people displayed little interest in its proceedings or in its difficulties. Able men preferred to accept office under their state governments rather than to waste their time in a body which was little more than a debating society. The slight respect in which the Congress was held is illustrated by an incident which occurred in July 1783. A crowd of drunken soldiers, mutinous because they had not been paid, appeared before the State House in Philadelphia, where Congress was meeting, and threatened the members with violence. Unable to obtain assurance of protection from the officials of the state of Pennsylvania, Congress hastily adjourned from Philadelphia to Princeton, 
New Jersey. As time passed, it became difficult to round up the necessary quorum for transacting business. Again and again, entries in the journals of Congress bear witness to the partial paralysis of the central government. concludes this episode of Free Circle Freedoms. I want to thank you for listening in with us and make sure you join us next time when we talk multiplying difficulties during the critical period, economic distress, accompanying political instability, and more on Free Circle Freedoms next time. So make sure you like, share, and subscribe and You never know what next we're going to talk about in the Visualized American Government, 1964 edition.